cool. Pastor Bradley, would you like to come up? Bless you, we honour you, we thank you. And thanks for all you've prepared for today. Let's put my wedding ring back on. So you don't break the djembe skin with your metal ring bashing on it. So that's the only reason. I had to take it off twice this week because I played my first game of AFL football yesterday. Yeah, so yeah, I'm standing. It's, it's quite miraculous. I, uh, my, my right calf is very sore, so I'm hobbling a bit. Uh, I think I've bruised some ribs. I've got a nice um, boot, like stud scraping mark down my side. Bruises everywhere. Um, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But I've been, I've been training for about eight weeks, and uh, it's my first game. And, uh, and it's, I tell you what, the difference even between, like training was hard, and then the game is like next level, just exhaustion and just brutal. Got punched several times, and like it was just, yeah. No, we didn't win. <laughs> I, I mean, I won the, the contest that I was in, but you know, it's the main thing. No, no, no. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was great, great fun. Um, so yeah, so hopefully I'll, I'll be here next week and, and the week after, depending on how I go. Yep. Oh, I'm in pain. Yeah, my no, breathing is is hard, but um, it's so worth it. Yeah, yeah. I need like a walking frame or something. So I've talked because I've you know joining the team, and then it's just my local Quinana Quinana Knights. And go nights, and uh, but uh, they're like, oh, so you know, when was the last time you played? And I was like, oh, maybe like 25 years ago. I'm like, oh wow, that's a long time. So, so I feel like I'm doing all right for for being a 40 year old man. Yeah, certainly did not have the biggest gut in uh, against yeah in the team. So it's good. Yeah, yeah. Just shut up and get on with it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, awesome. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit, that you dwell in us, that you've made your home in us. We're just so delighted, Lord, that you would call us yours and that we get to call you ours, Lord. And we just pray your blessing on this time. Just give us ears to hear what you're saying. Um, more than what I have prepared, or even less than what I've prepared. We just want to hear what you have to say, Holy Spirit. So just give us open ears to hear your voice and respond in obedience to what you're saying, because your way is the best way, and we want to live in your way, Lord. We bless you. Amen. So we, um, we've been... Chatting for the last few weeks, when we have, when I have spoken, uh, just about this uh, threshold season, uh, it certainly does feel like we've crossed over in many ways. Has anyone felt that? Those more, yeah, kind of prophetic-y intercessory people, you might feel that even more so. But uh, I know this. Oftentimes, uh, spiritually, we can feel like there's a season change, uh, but also sometimes even physically, kind of what we're doing changes. And certainly for uh, for a lot of us. Um, Lilia Haven opening was a, was a, a threshold in the natural that felt like we've we've crossed this line a long time coming, um, 
but we've, we've entered into a new season. So crossing over that threshold, and really the crossing over can be different for each of us individually. So some of you might feel it more than others. Some of you, it, it, it looks different uh, in every way. Uh, and where there is oftentimes, you know, as a church community, we're always individuals, and yet we're connected to a, a, a bigger corporate thing. It's like you are a child of God and yet you're also part of the family of God um, because God is the one that determines you know, who belongs to, to him in that way. Um, but I do believe there's been also a, a corporate crossing over for us as a community. Uh, so there's the individual and then there's the corporate, the whole kind of family entering into a new season. And, uh, and as I've been you know, pondering and praying and, and talking to the Lord, I, I, I feel like that God is calling us into a season, that we've stepped into a season of a greater measure of his abundance. A greater measure of his abundance. So talking about abundant life. And, and this, this morning's one really is just kind of an intro to the concept. And then the plan is at this stage to kind of move into more kind of particular. What does it look like to have, you know, to be abundant in the physical? Uh, certainly looks different to how I feel today, I think. But, uh, you know, what it, what it looks like to be abundant in the spirit. What it looks like to be abundant in the soul. What it looks like to, to live in abundance in God's provision in every way. So we'll cover those topics as we go along. But I believe there's a greater measure of abundance that the Lord is releasing over our community. And, and as we've been sharing, even in the threshold, a lot of it comes down to what, what we access in the kingdom has, there's a responsibility on us to actually attain that, to take hold of that. God can put something before us, but he invites us to actually partake and to consume that and take hold of that ourselves. So if we wait passively, I know uh, Bill Johnson says, you know, everything that you need, God will provide for you, but the things that you want in the kingdom, you're going to have to go after. Like there's a, there's a, there's a choice that we make and sometimes we can in our, in our spiritual walks get a little bit passive and we're kind of waiting around for God to do something and yet he's provided it all, put it before us. He's, he's set the meal before us and he's inviting us to partake and to eat, but we actually have to you know, pick up the knife and fork and, and do really the small bit of work in the, in the whole scheme of things, but we still have to do that. So uh, I'm, I'm believing uh, for a, a greater abundance of, of intimacy and connection with him, an abundance of encounter with his presence, an abundance of provision. And um, we've seen abundance of provision, but I know that scripturally the Lord says there's, there's whatever you think, Whatever you dream, whatever you imagine, I have a greater measure. So where we've seen crazy abundance, God's like, that's nothing compared to what I can do or what I desire to do. An abundance of wisdom, an abundance of Holy Spirit, power and authority being released. And so I'm saying that prophetically and we can all go, oh, well, I hope that happens. Well, no, there's an invitation in that to then say, okay, yes, if that's where the Lord is leading us, let's actually step in and have an expectation. So there's a greater measure available to us in this season. It requires us expecting and activating the new ways in order to see that flow. If we act in old ways, then we can expect to have the same old outcomes. Sometimes we've got to act in new ways in order to see new outcomes, new fruit in our life. So even as we talked, I, did, I wasn't thinking about this when I uh, was kind of preparing. And then I was like, oh, that's right. Lilia in Lilia Haven means God is abundance. Uh, and that was a word like Amy just asked, well, Lord, we've got to kind of name this thing. What do you say? She just sees the word Lilia flash before. Her eyes never heard that word before. 
looks it up, turns out, hey, it's a, it's a biblical word, and it means God is abundance. And so we know the, the beginning of, of all of this really is God is abundance. God is a God of abundance. And so it's very natural and normal for God to, uh, to be abundant in everything that he does. I think if, I mean, you just take a walk in nature and you can see just the abundance of God, the amount of, of land and beauty and things. How many flowers would, would, uh, would bloom and die and no one ever even see them? No one put their eye upon them. Like it's how many, how many beautiful animals exist and, and live together in, in complete isolation for no one to see. It's just God is just so abundant in everything that he does. So we're reading uh, John chapter 10. Verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And then Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So again, Jesus is not coming just to bring life. He's coming to bring abundant life. So the thief comes. So speaking of the devil, the enemy, the thief comes to steal. The thief comes to kill. The thief comes to destroy. But Jesus comes to bring the opposite of those things. So oftentimes you'll see one idea presented and then the Bible presents the opposite of that idea. So this thief steals, Jesus gives. The thief kills, Jesus gives life. The thief destroys, Jesus restores. But we're not in neutral territory as people. We don't live in, in this kind of neutral ground. Well, I'm just, if I just stay, you know, the devil, if I stay here, the devil won't bother me and Jesus won't bother me and I can just be safe and sound. It's like, no, no, both of them are coming for you. The devil's coming for you and Jesus is coming for you. I mean, if you're, and if you're here this morning, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Christian. It's like, well, I want you to know the devil's coming for you. But more importantly, Jesus is coming for you. But there is no neutral territory. There are two people vying for your attention. We either follow the way of destruction or we follow the way of life. But there is no sitting on the fence in the kingdom of God. There's no sitting on the fence anywhere. God is in pursuit of people. God is in pursuit of humanity. And at the same time, the devil is in pursuit to kill and steal and destroy. But there is, a, there is a way of living. There is, a, there is an, an access to this. And, you know, I, I've only ever found that when I choose to do things my way, they don't often tend to work out very well. I don't know if anyone else has experienced that. When I choose to do things God's way, although sometimes slower and sometimes harder, it always works out better for myself and for others around me. And that can be a slow learning curve for some of us. Some people get it a bit quicker. Uh, you know, you're presented with, with our way or God's way. And, uh, and my way oftentimes seems, but my way would be just quicker and easier. And surely that's better. And yet God's way can seem slower and a little bit more difficult. And yet the, the two outcomes are radically different. You know, there's been times in my life where I've desired to obey God. But I also desired maybe for people to like me. Maybe I wanted to follow Jesus, but I also didn't want to be rejected. Maybe I wanted to live in his abundant life, but I also wanted to control my own life and hold on to that control. 
So again, it's hard because oftentimes when, we're, when God is calling us to this new life, we're kind of stuck in our own ways and our way of living and not letting Him be Lord. And yet we want what He has to offer. And yet we're not willing to live in the way that would lead us into that. So yes, yes I want all the blessings of God. Okay, then, then obey me. Is there another way I can access blessings, you know? And the reality is God, you know, the Bible says God makes it rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So God is so good that even if you disobey Him, He's still good to you. Like that's, and that's a crazy level of goodness of our God. And yet it's still not the fullness that He wants us to walk in and enter into. So in order for us to experience all that Jesus has for us to enter into His abundant life, We need to discover a new way of living that aligns with his ways and his understanding of what abundance looks like. So we need to understand as well, well, when God says this is abundance, we need to say, okay, that's what abundance looks like, maybe not what the world presents to us. So what does the word abundance mean? It is the Greek word perissos. Everyone say perissos. And it means, here's some things that it means biblically. It means exceeding some number or measure or rank or need, over and above, more than is necessary. Super added, exceeding abundantly, supremely, something further, more, much more than all, more plainly superior, extraordinary, surpassing, uncommon, preeminent, superiority, advantage, more eminent, more remarkable, more excellent. So when Jesus says, I've come to give life and life abundantly, I've come to give surpassing life and exceeding abundance of life, supreme life. More than is necessary life. Not like just scraping by life, not just scraping by provision, not just scraping by intimacy with me, not just scraping by operating in my power and authority. there's, There's no scraping by in the kingdom of God. God is abundance. God is a God of abundance. He's come to give abundance. And again, Jesus didn't say, I came that they might just make it through the door, that they might just scrape by. Jesus, no, I've come to give life and life in abundance, an exceeding amount of life. Our God is a God of abundance. Psalms 5 verse 7 says, But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in the fear of you. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, And God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. Again, he's saying far more abundantly. When you read words in the scriptures, and this is, I really encourage you, there's an app called Blue Letter Bible. And you can actually get behind the, the English language um, of it to the, what's kind of contained in the, in the Greek language. It's, it's really, really cool. You might not be a Bible nerd like that, but it's, there's just such fascinating and wonderful things that we can discover about words. But there's words that are in the Bible that are really, really important and they're there for a reason. But this is when God is talking. He's, 
He's able to do far more abundantly than anything that we ask or even think. That's crazy. So when we see God do something amazing, we know, and He can do amazingly more than that, abundantly more. Philippians 4.19, And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So abundance is God's nature. It's who He is. Almost to the point where God can't help but be abundant in, in what He does. Abundant in how He loves God is lavish in love. He is lavish in kindness towards us. He is lavish in mercy. He is lavish in grace. Even the story of, of the, the prodigal son, the story of the, the son who takes his father's inheritance and runs away, squanders it, and then he comes back. And uh, there's a, a pastor called Tim Keller, and he, he's actually written a book called The Prodigal God. So prodigal means essentially to... to expend yourself to to spend kind of over and above um, what you have and and he what he presents is actually the father really is the one who is the prodigal in the story he is the one who even though his son has has gone and squandered his wealth when he returns the father just lavishes love upon his son as he returns and that's the picture of who God is that we have taken the life that God has given to us and we've squandered it and then when we come to the realization of who God is and who we are, we come before him and because of the cross, we get to enter back into that life and that relationship with the Father. And he then lavishes love upon us. We are not just, it's not just that we don't deserve salvation. It's not just that we don't deserve what God has for us. We deserve the opposite of that. So simply to come to the place of that God would say, okay, I will let you back into my kingdom family. I'll let you be. Like that should be like, okay, that's, 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 that's exceeding abundance just in that. And yes, it's, it's, but it's not just that. I'm going to actually bring you in and sit you with me and I'm going to invite you in. I'm going to tell you my secrets. I'm going to, I'm going to use you to, to bless the world. I'm going to, you're going to be so close to me. I'm going to take my spirit and I'm going to, Put my spirit in you that he might make his home in you, that you would know me so closely and so intimately. Like it is far and beyond anything that we could ever imagine that God would do such things. But I find sometimes we, we can fall into that thing where it just becomes something, yeah, we hear it all the time. I, I know I've said many times, the truth that the Holy Spirit lives in a Christian, that's just crazy. Not crazy, loopy, like, that's just unbelievable how, well, that God would come and make his home in me. And yet how many days do I wake up kind of not really acknowledging that is there? How many times do I worry and get concerned about something in my life? Because I forget, but hold on a second. He's literally made his home in me. That's how close he is to me. I feel, oh, I don't, I'm not feeling God right now. He's right here. He's as close as he could ever possibly be. Now, again, when we, when we talk about abundance, we talk about kind of prosperity or increase or anything like that, it's, it has been given a really bad rep in the church because of the way that people have, I guess, used Christian principles for their own self-gain at times. The danger is that we can swing the pendulum the other way 
and we go, oh no, God doesn't want us to be rich. He almost like he wants us to live in poverty. And the danger is that we, when we swing the pendulum, then we step outside of actually what God's desire is. He wants us to live in abundance. And I'm not saying that therefore everyone is to be rich, but he might want to make you a wealthy person. But if we are in love with him, and we understand that then what he gives outside of that is always secondary to who he is. I have Jesus. I need nothing else. But if he desires to give me more in order that I might steward what he gives me, that I might be a blessing to others, well, then I'm not going to say no to what he wants to give to me. I'm not going to say no to what he wants to provide through me. But see, the world views abundance oftentimes as just more of a good thing. So here's a good thing. More of that must be abundance. But more of a good thing isn't always a good thing. So food is good. Too much food is not good. Money is good. Money can be good. The love of money, where it becomes present, well, that's not good. Sex is good. Sex with the wrong person outside of the covenant of marriage, not so good. But you see, there's all of these things that are good gifts from God, but when a good thing becomes a God thing, when a good thing that is a gift from Him becomes put in that place of, of preeminence and takes the place of God in our lives, then it becomes a very, very bad thing. That's what idolatry is. When we take a good thing, we make it a God thing. And we lose sight of, no, it's, it's all about him. Every good gift comes from him and I can receive it as a gift, but it's always secondary because my pursuit is for him and he is number one and I have all that I need in him. And yet he gives above and beyond even just himself. So to experience God's abundance, we need to recognize that he is the source and the provider of that abundance. And more than anything else that we could ever have in life, the fact that we have him is the most abundant thing. That God, the good, perfect, righteous, holy God, would give himself to us. So kingdom abundance is not the same as worldly abundance. So when I talk about that, just saying, oh, cool, Brad's just going to be talking about how can we get rich? How can we be happy? How can we be all that? That's, that's not what I'm talking about here. But I'm saying God might, God might want to make you wealthy. If, if your heart is for that and not for him, then I'd warn you against it because it will, it will destroy you. If you want power because you desire power, power will corrupt you. If you want the Lord and he says, and I'm going to make you powerful, you say, yes, Lord. And I can walk in obedience to that because I know he is number one and I'm not going to be corrupted by those things. So abundance is tied to obedience. When we obey the ways and the voice of Jesus, we can expect to experience the abundance that he has promised to us. So again, we don't say, well, God is abundance. God wants to give abundance to me. So I'm now going to go and chase abundance. So no, well, God is abundance. He wants to give abundance to me. So I'm going to chase after him more and more. And the more that I obey him, the more that I listen to his voice, the more that I walk out what he is calling me and telling me to do, whether through what I read in the Bible or what he might speak to me in prayer, what he might speak to me through a prophetic word through somebody else, the more I walk in obedience and in alignment with 
what he is doing and what he is saying, the more abundance will flow. When we look at even what the Lord has done related to this property with Lilia Haven, that's been a journey of obedience. I know I've shared about it before, but man, there is stuff that we could not have done in our own strength and our own power and our own wisdom and thoughts and ideas. Even the initial idea of it was beyond anything that we had thought about. We were a little church in Quinana. I mean, even before the provision of the building there, we were meeting at a primary school and there was like literally, you know, a big Sunday, there might be 12 people. And it was in that moment, it was in that season that God spoke prophetically through different people, but it said, this is who I'm going to cause you to be. This is where I'm going to take you. This is where I'm going to lead you. Every part, I mean, you've heard the, the prophetic word from Bob Hayes, that every part of that was beyond what we were expecting and certainly beyond what we were experiencing. And it remained that way for several years after that prophetic word. As I said to you before, the reason that God speaks prophetically is because your experience is probably not going to match up with that prophetic word, so you hold on to that word. So, well, God said this, I'm not living it, so it causes me to cling even more tightly to him and distrust him. Then you get opposition, then people question, well, why are you going this way? You could also be going this way, and you're like, I know that. Why are you doing these things? You know, most churches do these things. I know that. You should be doing more of this and, and not getting, you know, not waiting around for this. And so, yeah, I know what it looks like, but we have to be obedient. We just have to follow him because I, I feel like for myself, I've got enough creativity that I could make good things happen. I've got enough resources. Yeah, I could do good things for God and people would go, hey, wow, that's a really good thing that you're doing, Brad. But from the beginning of this church, I said, like, I don't, I don't want to, I did, I'd done lots of good things for God. So I don't want to do good things for you anymore. I want to do God things. I just want to do what you want me to do. And whatever that is, that will be good. Whether it is, whether it looks amazing on the outside or whether no one even sees it, if I'm doing what God wants me to do, then it's good. You know, Jesus talks about, you know, standing before him one day and he welcomes, well done, good and faithful servant. And I've said this before, it's not well done, good and fruitful servant. Well done, good and famous servant. This is well done. You were faithful. It means your heart stayed connected to my heart. Your desire was for me and what I desired. And you just remained faithful to that. And when this person remained faithful to me, look at all of the amazing things that they did on the outside and they became wealthy and they were abundant. And that was God's desire and plan for them. But maybe for you, yeah, you've just, I just called you just to be someone who prays. Not to lead the prayer team, but just to pray and just to intercede on the floor in your bedroom week after week and month after month and year after year. And no one's seen you. No one's heard your prayers but me. And yet you've been faithful to what I called you to do. It might not look spectacular. And yet from God's eyes, faithfulness is spectacular to the Lord. Matthew uh, chapter 6, from verse 25, but it talks about this passage of do not be anxious. 
Um, so before this little section, it you know talks about don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear. You've probably heard this scripture before. And and it, Jesus talks about look, God, God clothes, you know, and and just makes beautiful things. He provides everything in season. God is so good in every way. So don't worry, don't be anxious about provision, don't be anxious about what you need, because God will provide that. But he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus is presenting a teaching of how to live free from the anxiety of daily provision. We might think, well, if I want more daily provision, I've got to work harder. I just need to do that seminar on, on wealth development or, no, no, I need, to, I need to do this. If I did more of this, if I did more of this. And what Jesus presents is seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and trust me that I will provide everything that you need. Who here would love to live free from anxiety? Yeah, anxiety sucks. And anxiety and worry is not the abundant life that Jesus has for us. And this is just an example of how the ways of Jesus can inform us in how to live in a greater measure of abundant life. So I'm not doing a teaching on how to live free from anxiety, but I'm just saying like this is a principle where God's like, here's the answer to that. But how often do we say, I know God's word says, but, but I've also got this strategy that I've figured out. I've also got this way, well, my friend told me about something else that I could do that would, that would solve that issue for me. You might say, oh, I've got anxiety. You know what? I'll just head straight to the GP. He'll sort me out. If I just cover it over, then I won't have to deal with it. Now, I'm not saying that medication's bad or that sort of stuff. Obviously, it can be unhelpful to some people. But So I'm not saying don't make wise choices in the process. But if you're just doing something to avoid the problem... The problem's always going to be there. And what God answers, God gives to us is answers to the problem. It's just the process of the heart journey is, is, is acknowledging, hey, Lord, there is a way that you want me to live. There is a healing that you desire to do in me that's actually going to free me from having to live in these ways. And that's the way of the kingdom. That's what abundant life in the soul looks like. It has to be his way and not our way. You know, God is not a bonus or an add-on to our life. Again, we can think, well, I'll live my way and then I'll kind of attach Jesus, like Jesus plus something else. It doesn't work like that. We can't have Jesus, oh yes, I'll have Jesus plus more money. I'll have Jesus plus more significance or Jesus plus a promotion or Jesus plus a spouse, Jesus plus self-provision, Jesus plus my addictions. It's Jesus alone. It's Christ alone. It's God alone is our hope and our strength and our shield and everything that we need, our place of refuge and comfort. It's God alone. But if we're hedging our bets... It's not going to work out well for us because we'll never actually see the fullness of what God has. G.K. Chesterton says, in speaking of Christianity, says, it's not that Christianity has been tried and found wanting, it's that it's never truly been tried. How often is like, oh, I'll give it a go for a day, I'll give it a go for a week, 
And then that hasn't turned, I'll go back to my own ways. Because we actually haven't endured enough to see the fruit of that obedience come to pass. And we give up so quickly. And we live in a culture that provides things so immediately. So we never build those muscles of resilience. We never build those muscles of strength to actually walk in those new ways. Yeah, I tried. I, I tried being nice one day. I tried it and it didn't work out. You know, it's got trampled on or people were still mean to me or et cetera, et cetera. You know, like, wow, you gave it a day. Good for you. Well done. Everyone, round of applause. Like, we just don't work hard oftentimes, you know? We can work hard when it, when it benefits us. But ultimately, when it benefits the Lord and there's this greater measure of, of fullness that God has for us, we can just be a little bit lazy. So, yeah, well, I don't need to work hard because I can just get a quick fix. That's kind of a false fix, but at least it's going to get me by to the next day. It is in Jesus that we find our abundance, but only when we live for him and in the ways that he shows us how to live. And this is the thing. God's blessing is already upon his ways. Too often we want God to bless what we're doing when his blessing is already upon what he is doing. So when you step into what God is doing, the blessing flows naturally because he has already blessed what he is doing. Everything that God's doing is blessed. Everything that God's doing has all of the provision and all of the abundance and everything required to accomplish it. He doesn't just give a, a command or a decree and then say, you figure out how to do it. He says, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. And here is everything that you require to get you there. Here's all the grace that you need. Here's all the mercy you need. Here's all the power and the authority you need. Everything that you need for the journey, I'll provide for you. But we need to start leaning into this new way. We need to start trusting him and saying, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the Bible I'm going to see a command that you desire for me to obey and I'm just going to do it. And it's going to cost me, but I'm going to see the benefit. I'm going to see the fruit. I'm going to see the outcome. And it's going to be far better than my way. Let's start building our expectation for more. For you, it might just be, I just know God wants to call me into, into a greater measure of abundance. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's in your health. Whatever it is, too often I think we can we get a little bit beaten down by life. And maybe we've thought, well, I followed God because I've been hedging my bets. I've kind of been really relying upon self. So I think that God hasn't provided for me, but really I haven't provided for me because I haven't been trusting in God. And that is detrimental to our perspective on life. That's detrimental. It starts, the Bible talks about hope deferred makes the heart sick. And sometimes it's because we think we've been hoping in God, but really we've been hoping in ourselves or we've been hoping in others. And we've got disappointed. But we don't lose hope in ourselves or in others and we lose hope in God. But maybe we actually haven't been truly hoping in Him. His desire is that we would begin to prosper in body, soul and spirit. But we've got to say, I'm going to take back hold of that expectation that God would do that. Amen. I just want to pray a bit for you. So... Why don't you stand with me if you can?
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come in this time. And again, we just want you to minister to us, Lord. And how often you have come, the fact that you dwell with us, Lord, and but every day you just love on us. And I just thank you, Lord, that you are here just to love on us today. You're here to love on us, Lord. And Father, we acknowledge that we haven't chosen your ways. Maybe at times we have and then we've just gone back to our own ways and in your mercy, in your love, you don't punish us. You don't scold us. And Lord, you, you call us to repent, but you just invite us back on that pathway with you. You invite us back onto that journey with you. That regardless of how many times we've messed up, we haven't messed up too much, Lord, that you've left us behind. You've promised that you will never leave us or forsake us, Lord. So even though you might feel distant to us, that's all about how we feel and not about the reality that you have chosen to be with us and you have chosen to stay with us. And Father, I just want to pray this morning for those who have chosen and settled for less than abundance. And maybe you're here and you're just like, you know, I think I've, I've been settling for less. Maybe you believed at one point that God could do those things, but you've just chosen to, yeah, maybe God does, doesn't actually want those good things for me. And you've settled for less. You've settled for less than what He has. You've settled for less than what He desires. Maybe you've settled for living in poverty because you were told it was more spiritual when God's desire was for your abundance. Maybe for you, hope deferred has, has made your heart sick. You're tired of hoping for more. You're tired of expecting more from the Lord. Maybe the disappointment of lack has settled upon you and actually caused you to trust in lack rather than hope and prayer for greater measure. Maybe you've been trusting yourself for provision. Maybe you've been leaning into your own strength and your own ways to try and provide a greater measure. And yet you haven't been allowing God to be your provision. So you're welcome to, to come forward or you can just stay where you are. I just wanna lead you through some response prayers to those things. But Father, we just choose to repent of any sort of poverty mindset, Lord. A poverty perspective, Father. Lord, where that has uh, taken charge, Lord, in, in our ways of thinking, in our ways of behaving. 
Father, we just acknowledge that that's a stronghold, Lord. That's an ungodly way of thinking that keeps us bound. And so, Father, I just come in, in the authority of Christ and I just command a tearing down of that stronghold, Lord. That poverty mindset, Lord. That poverty mindset will be torn down now in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. And we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to begin building new structures of thought, new structures of heart response to the world, Lord. And Lord, the opposite of a, of a poverty mindset is not a wealth mindset, Lord. It's not to, to move into a love of money. It's, it's, it's a perspective that says, my God is abundance. My God is provision. My God is far greater than anything that I could ever hope or dream or imagine. And I choose from this day forward to not settle for less than what God has for me and to live in expectation, not fearful expectation, but joyful expectation that God will not only meet all of my needs, but will bring His exceeding abundance. Father, for those of us who have leaned into self-provision, Lord, we just repent for trusting in ourselves to be God. That the Scriptures declare that You are our provider. You are our provider. You are the source of all of our provision, Lord. And so, Father, where we have put ourselves in the place of being provider, Lord, that we have stepped into Your shoes, God. And we've, we've tried to, to remove You from the throne of our lives and we've stepped into that position and we repent, Lord, for taking Your place in our lives for trying to be God. And Lord, we are, we are really bad at being God. And so Father, we just say, Lord, would You retake the place of the throne in our lives? Lord, we choose to trust You for our provision, Lord. And we ask Holy Spirit that You would stir up and You would remind us, Lord, when we're leaning into anxiety because we're fearful of whether or not we'll have enough that in those moments we will come before You and say, God, I choose You to provide. You are my provider. I acknowledge that You are my provision and that I have all I need in You. And yet You want to provide everything that I need in my natural life. And Father, I just also want to pray for the healing of wounded hearts, Lord. For those who have hoped, they've trusted and they haven't seen the outcomes that their heart has desired and it takes its toll, Lord. And Father, we don't understand Your timing. We don't always understand Your ways. But I pray, Holy Spirit, You would come and You would just Pour Your healing balm upon hearts, Lord, that have become sick because of hope deferred. Would You bring Your comfort? Would You bring Your healing? Would You just bring Your loving touch, Lord, a warm hug of Your presence, Holy Spirit? that You would not just heal, Lord, but You would also restore hearts back into that right place of hope and trust and expectation. 
and not hoping and trusting in the provision, but hoping and trusting in the provider. That our eyes would be set upon You, Lord, that our hearts would be directed towards You. And we would trust You, Lord, and we would wait. We'd be patient in the wilderness seasons, Lord, that You will make a way, that You will provide the manna, the daily grace that we need, Lord, to get through this next day. And Father, I just pray for those here this morning who have chosen to walk in their own ways rather than in Your ways. And maybe you're not even a Christian here this morning and and you've spent your life just walking in Your ways, not knowing that God had better ways and greater ways. And I just wanna pray for you. Father, I just pray, encounter with Your presence right now. Lord, that they would encounter You even physically feel You, that they would know that You are God, that You are real, that You are here. And Father, I just pray salvation, Lord. For those of us who have maybe would say, I am a Christian, but I've just been following my own ways. Lord, we repent and we come back to You, God. We come back before You, Lord, and we say, God, we desire Your ways. Your way is the best way. Your way is the best way. Your way is the only way. We thank You, Lord, that You lovingly invite us in. You lovingly invite us into Your family. You lovingly invite us back onto the pathway that You have for us, that You are wanting to walk with us, Lord. And we just thank You for Your grace and Your mercy, Lord, that You would give us grace to keep leaning into the more, grace to keep expecting a greater measure of abundance, Lord. Grace to obey Your way, Your Word. And Father, we also pray for an anticipation of the fruitfulness that will flow. The fruitfulness that will flow into each life, but then as a family, Lord, as a church community, Lord, we just thank You for Your abundance, Lord. And Father, I just... I pray and I desire and I look forward to an abundance of salvations, Lord. An abundance of hearts transformed, Lord. An abundance of provision in every measure, Lord. You are good. You are our God and we love You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. Hey, if you would love some more prayer, our ministry team would love to pray for you. But why don't you come forward? up to the front. You're welcome just to dwell a bit longer here as the team plays or you're welcome to, uh, to head out and grab a coffee. Please stick around and connect with new people. Invite them over for coffee or for dinner or whatever. And remember, if you're not in a DNA group, we highly encourage and recommend it. But uh, just head up to the info desk and they'll get you connected. Bless you guys. Love you. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.